Well, we're between series. We've just wrapped up uh, really, according to the feedback we've got, a great series that was helpful to you about identity crises. And so I've already mentioned we're starting a new series, more than a story next week. So we're situated on this weekend, this holiday weekend between two series. And I want to talk to you. Are you ready for this? About heart trouble. Heart trouble. I was talking to a friend this week. And uh, he just had an experience with his heart. In fact, my friend had a mild heart attack. And thank God it was a mild heart attack. And and he's a young guy. He's about my age. So he's like a really, really young guy. And so he was telling me, he's like, Jeff, you know, he talked about some pain that he had, some numbness, some of the classic symptoms of a heart attack. And he just said, I didn't want to hesitate. I think it was wisdom on his part to say, I need to get this checked out right away. They did that. And uh, he went through, found out that he had some arteries that were clogged, and, and they did the stents and the whole thing. Well, he had, he had some physical uh, heart uh, trouble, and he's a smart guy, and so he'll follow the doctor's orders, and I know God's going to bless him with a long, healthy life. That's going to happen. But uh, just talking to him and then knowing that I've been working on this series, but I'm not here to talk to you today about physical heart trouble. I'm here today to talk to you about spiritual heart trouble. And we're going to go to a passage in the New Testament where Jesus tells a parable. And, and it's a fascinating parable. And uh, you're going to join me in that. And I'm, so I'm, I'm glad you are. We're going to look at about 20 verses. And we'll go through them rather rapidly. We'll look at the first eight together and then in sections. So maybe you'll want to write them down because I'd love it. And I hope that all of you have a set devotional time, whether you do it in the morning or evening, it really doesn't matter. But I hope that you set aside time each day for what I think is the most important meeting, the most important appointment that we're going to have every day. That's true for me, and I believe it's true for you, where we get along and we read God's Word and we allow God's Word to speak to us and we have conversations. We pray. We give God opportunity to give us direction. We pray. Uh, The Bible says that you and I can come before Him and we can let our requests be known. And so I want to share this parable with you. But before we dive into it, let me just give you a word about parables in general. Often when Jesus spoke in, in parables, he would actually paint a picture that would so capture the attention of those he was talking to that it would really cause them to have to use their imagination. It would cause them to have to think. In fact, while I was working on this talk, one Bible scholar, I came across this, mentioned that Jesus' parables were designed, listen to this now, not to test the intelligence of the hearers, uh, but to test actually the, their spiritual responsiveness. Not to test their intelligence, but to see how spiritually responsive they would be to what he was going to say. And we're certainly going to see this play out in Mark chapter Now, this is really important. You can't say this necessarily about every parable, but in regards to this specific one, it should be noted that as it relates to this parable we're going to look at today, it is though, if you can understand this one, this one from Mark chapter 4, then somehow, and there's a lot of agreement among scholars on this, that it will somehow help to unlock the, the totality of Jesus' teaching. So it's like, if we get this one down, it's going to help us to understand more and more the teaching of Jesus. In fact, I want you to look at this quote up here on the screen. This is R. Alan Cole, and he made an interesting statement. 
He says, in a sense, this parable, the one we're going to look at in the next few moments, is the key to all the other parables, for it deals with our reception of all of Christ's teaching. And we're going to look at that today in Mark chapter 4. And in this parable, Jesus talks about heart trouble about spiritual heart trouble. And I think it's going to be good for you and for me in these next few moments to just do some personal evaluation, to do some personal reflection, to say, God, honestly, forthrightly before God, God help me to just inwardly inspect my own heart to see what my heart is actually like. All right, this is Mark chapter 4. There's going to be a lot of verses. And it says, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large, a lot of people had gathered, that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. I imagine you can see this in your own mind. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, look at this phrase, some fell along the path. We'll come back and talk about that. And the birds came and ate it up. Look at this next part. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Next part. Look at this. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Jesus makes another analogy here. Still other seed fell on good soil. So fourth and final one that he talks about. He, it came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Uh, an observation right here that I think would be helpful. When Jesus taught, Jesus would often be uh, outdoors in very open and familiar places, not in the closed-in rabbinic schools that was somewhat uh, customary in his day. So some scholars believe that it's very possible that Jesus, we know that he's out on the lake. We've already read that. But perhaps while he's given this parable, he could actually point to a sower who was busy at work over, over the lake, up in the hill somewhere. He may have actually pointed in the direction of a sower who is sowing with abandoning, uh, casting seed upon the pathway, upon rots and thorns, as well as the good soil. Now, as we examine these various places where the seed, and again, you've got to keep this in mind, the seed is, is representative of the word, when we see where the seed lands, we'll quickly notice that everyone does not receive it in the same manner. So I think it provides an opportunity, again, for us to evaluate our own heart. So as we walk through these four, let's think that through a little bit. First of all, Jesus said, and again, he probably pointed to a sower that is sowing seed. He said, some fell along the path. We need to talk about that. Now, keep in mind, that the people, they're just, they're, they're caught up in what Jesus is saying. He is about to teach about some heart trouble. And uh, as it relates to the seed, he begins with this, the seed fell along the path. As it relates to the seed that falls along the path, this is actually a picture. And I want you to be sure you get this. This is the picture, because we're talking about heart trouble, this is the picture of a hard heart. A heart which is resistant to biblical truth. 
a heart that is maybe uh, resistant to God's plan for a person's life. And uh, I want to just pause for a moment and ask, have, have you ever been there? And the answer to that would probably be yes, because most all of us have been there at some point in our life where we were resistant to something that God wanted us to do. There were parts of the Bible that we would agree with. And maybe we were reading along, we're like, yes, and we had highlighted, and we resonated with it, and it was easy for us to embrace. But maybe in our reading, we came across something that caused us to hit pause. And maybe the more that we read, it caused us to be a little bit resistant. Or or maybe it wasn't that. Maybe it was a message that we heard. Or maybe it was a spiritually mature Christian friend that had a conversation uh, with you about something. And and, in that moment, it wasn't like, you know, you were embracing it readily. It seems maybe that your heart and your mind began to resist a little bit. And maybe in that moment, you felt like, well, you know, I I don't want to give that up. Or, or that's a sin that I'm going to hang on to. I've given up a lot of stuff, but I'm not going to give up that. Or maybe you, you thought, well, that is an infringement upon what I think is rightfully mine. Why would God want me to part with my possessions? Or how about this one? You know, I like maintaining total control of my own life. Why would I relinquish that, you know, to God, every area of my life? And, and again, we just felt some resistance to that. Uh, I want you to look at these two verses right here, verses 14 and 15, because Jesus tells us what happens if that's the attitude of our heart, if that's the kind of heart trouble. Farmer sows the word. We talked about that. Some people, and now he's pointing back to the parable he just told, some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, look at this, it's really important. Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Here's a person that, that the seed has fallen along the path. Again, it's indicative of a hard heart. It's not going to go anywhere because a person refuses to embrace it personally. So what happens? The evil one, Satan, comes along and he snatches it from their life. Jesus said, some seed fell along the path. Secondly, Be sure you get this one. Jesus then said, some of the seed fell on rocky places. And this here, friend, is not the picture of of a hard heart. It's actually the picture of a shallow heart. And Jesus is letting us know, and all of us have seen it. Maybe we've experienced it in our own life personally, that there are many people who initially receive the word emotionally with joy. Initially, there's a lot of personal happiness about it. Uh, because they've not yet considered the real price of what it means to be a fully devoted, fully obedient follower of Jesus. And so a person with a shallow heart, Jesus said, they may receive God's word um, initially with a lot of joy. It would be like, and I'll I'll try to provide an analogy, it might would be like somebody that receives a winning lottery ticket. The, the focus initially is not on, hey, you know, uh, what can I do for God? You know, a person is thinking, you know, when they receive the word, it's not about what can I do for God. Maybe initially when they receive the word, it's like, hey, what can God do for me? 
How is this going to benefit my life? It's not like, how can I take and, and use what God has given me in terms of my gifts and talents and abilities to advance the cause and purpose of God? It's not embraced in that way. In fact, a person with a shallow heart may actually start out fast and strong rather than learning from a runner uh, the, the value of like an intentional pace, that you're in this for the long call. It's not a fast sprint. It's a, it's, it's a well-thought-out Well, with God's help, executed plan to say, I'm not just in this initially. I'm going to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. This kind of person is often flying in the clouds in the beginning. And that lasts until a certain point. Look at these two verses. This is verses 16 and 17. And Jesus, again, pointing back to the parable he's just told. He said, others like seeds sown on rocky places. And he's just talked about that. Here's what that person does. They hear the word. And at once they receive it. You see the word? How? With joy. They're happy. They're thrilled about it. But since they have no root, because their heart is shallow, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, what happens? They quickly, this is what Jesus said, they quickly fall away. They quickly fall away. Again, they're joyful in the beginning. They're abiding in Jesus in the beginning. But everything at that point is easy. Everything at that point is going according to plan. But since there is no spiritual depth, Jesus said, because there's no root when they're tested or they experience a challenge or a pain or a problem, what happens? Unfortunately, Jesus said, they jump ship. They, it's, it's shallow. All right? Let's keep moving. Thirdly, Jesus said, some of the seed, and again, the seed is indicative of the word, some of the seed, it falls among thorns. And here Jesus is making reference, uh, not to a hard heart, not to a shallow heart, but actually Jesus, in this case, is talking about a crowded heart. And I want you to see this. This is verses 18 and 19. He said, still others like seeds sown among thorns. How does that play out? They hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Jesus said, this is the seed, this is the word that falls among thorns. In this case, and I'll just talk about it for a brief moment before we move on to the last one. In this case, God is a part of this person's life but not necessarily the priority of their life. Let me say that again. God is a part of their life, but God is not necessarily, this is what Jesus is teaching, a priority in their life. He's in there somewhere, but he's often lost among, let's say it this way, among a lot of competing distractions. And there's always a lot of competing distractions you see, often as a pastor, I've seen this over the years, and it's, it really makes me sad if I could just be totally transparent with you. Because it's good people, often it's, it's great people, but their lives over time just become so crowded. It's not that they have a hard heart. It's not that their heart is shallow. It's just that over time their heart gets crowded with a lot of things. And God, little by little, keeps getting crowded out of their heart. Maybe their job, maybe their career becomes uh, more demanding. 
they're having to give more and more time and commitment to their job. Maybe their desire to make more money and they just, um, just keep going more maybe than what they should be going in, in terms of a normal pace. Little by little, God is getting crowded out or, or maybe their social life is taking on new meaning. And, and, and again, it's not they're, they're doing anything wrong. It's just yet another competing distraction that has become bigger and bigger so much so, so that it begins to become bigger than God. Or maybe it's hobby or possessions or maybe it's responsibilities. And Jesus says about a person like this, here's what happens. They hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of riches, things start crowding it out and actually describing the same parable, not in Mark's gospel, Luke's gospel. Let me read that verse to you from Luke's gospel. It says it this way, they're choked by life's worries and riches and pleasures. And as a result of that, listen to the rest of the language, the rest of the verse. As a result of that, they do not mature. You know what? They cannot mature. They cannot mature. It's impossible because of the complexity of their life. Their life once seriously devoted to God, when God was the priority of the life, when God was all, now it's become very crowded and very divided. So when Jesus tells this parable, again, you can see, I hope, the image. So many people, he gets in a boat, they row out a little ways, he's sitting there, and he's teaching the people, and they're just in crowds all along the shore, and they're hearing him teach, and again, as I mentioned a few moments ago, maybe he's actually pointing out a a sower, and he says, well, just look what happens here, and then he says, that's like people, and Jesus is teaching us that it's, it's real easy for any of us, for you, for me, to have heart trouble. Maybe in some respects our heart has become a little hardened over time. Or, or maybe our heart has been a little shallow in times past, where we're like excited and enthusiastic and filled with joy initially, and like following Jesus, we're passionate about it until we experience something. We're like, hey, wait, time out. You know what's going on? And we lose sort of that enthusiastic edge of what it means to follow Jesus. Well, maybe it's not a hard heart. Maybe it's not a, a shallow heart that you most contend with. Maybe for you, maybe for many of you that are watching right now, it's just over time, and it was never intentional. You didn't mean for it to get this way. It wasn't like it was a calculated plan, but just over time, your heart has become so crowded, and it's not that you're forsaking God. It's just like you don't have time for the things that once mattered in a huge way. I alluded to a devotional life. Maybe, you know, you had a devotional life at some point in time, but, but not really anymore. Maybe you're not really allowing the word, the seed, to get into your heart, to get into your life, to get into your mind, to bring about the transformation that God wants to happen to all of us. Maybe in terms of spiritual matters, maybe making time to pray, maybe making time to allow yourself to be fed spiritually and be fed in other ways. Maybe, maybe you've just become distracted over time. And Jesus said that it can happen to any of us or all of us. And so we guard our hearts because we don't want to have that kind of heart trouble. Well, Jesus comes to uh, the last one. And I always like ending with good news. And Jesus, in this final account of the four, he talks about the seed that falls on good soil. And this, my friends, is actually the life that God wants you and I to live. This is the person who responds wisely to God's truth. Look at verse 20 with me right here on the screen. Others, Jesus said, like seed sown on good soil. What do they do? They hear the word. And they not only hear it, but they accept it. And they not only accept it, they produce a crop. 
Jesus said some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was actually sown. And so that's the place actually that you and I want to get to. If, if we're like, you know what, I sense that my heart may be a little hardened. There's things when I read the word or when I hear a message or, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm embracing most of what I hear and read in terms of what is, what is accurate in regards to biblical truth. But then maybe you hit something and you're like, oh, well, maybe, maybe that's where you've been uh, dwelling. Or maybe you feel like my heart's a little shallow, or maybe my heart's just become crowded. And the good news is you and I can get to the place where the seed begins to fall on good soil. We've talked about the hard heart, the shallow heart, the crowded heart. And now Jesus points to those who have a fruitful heart. And I want to just touch on that real quickly before we wrap up today. Fruit in a Christ follower's life is actually a reflection of change. It's actually a matter of transformation that has occurred. The fruit that an authentic believer bears is evidence of their salvation. In fact, I want you to listen to something else that Jesus said in Matthew's gospel. He said this, and many of you have read this, by their fruit you will know them. By their fruit you will recognize them. And that's how, you know, we talked recently about how that by our love, the world's going to know we're his disciples. And you know what we do as followers of Jesus when the word has been received in the good soil? We start bearing fruit. See, there's been a real salvation. There's been a, a true salvation. The outworking of that is there's been change in our life. There's been transform, transformation. And because we've been transformed, what do we do? We bear fruit. But what is it that initiates it all? It flows back to the reality that the word, God's word, the seed, was welcomed into a receptive heart. The receptive heart is much different than the heart that we talked about earlier. The receptive heart, the fruitful heart, welcomes the word immediately so that Satan cannot steal it away. The receptive heart welcomes the word deeply so that it is not abandoned when things get tough during testing and trouble and trials. The receptive heart welcomes the word exclusively so that competing distractions cannot choke it out. Jesus said, people like this, this is how they receive the seed, the word, into their heart. They hear it. In fact, the word hearing here actually is in the present tense, tense which uh, simply means that it needs to continue. They just, they just keep hearing it and receiving it. They hear it and they accept it. It falls into good soil and then they produce fruit, fruit that becomes visible. A Bible scholar by the name of David Garland has written this. I want you to see it before we're done. He said, Jesus' teaching served to separate those who were only curious from those who were actually serious. As we wrap up today, I want to just say this to you. Maybe while we've been talking in the last few moments, you've just said, you know what, Jeff? Man, I hadn't really thought about it, but I've got some heart trouble. Maybe not like the physical heart trouble that my friend experienced a few days ago. Maybe it's spiritual heart trouble. And just be honest with yourself, because if you're honest with yourself about it, it helps you to be honest with God, who already knows the condition of our heart. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but maybe your heart has become a little bit resistant. Or maybe your heart has become shallow. I've seen this so often where, you know, people are fired up about following Jesus when everything is good in their life. But man, when trouble or trials or problems or pain, it's like a whole different story. Maybe, as we've been talking today, you just said, my heart has become increasingly crowded. 
just got a lot of stuff. And again, not, not bad stuff, but sometimes good things can separate us from the greatest things and get in the way of where we want to be about our passionate, devoted, obedient relationship with Jesus. And if you're like any of those, you just say, God, here's what I want to do. I want the seed, I want the word to fall on good soil because I want my life to be a life that is producing fruit. I want to be passionate about my relationship with you. I want to be obedient when it's easy to be obedient and when it's difficult to be obedient. I want to produce fruit. I want to take my life, my one and only life, and the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you have given to me, God, and I want to use them to fulfill the purposes that you have for my life and what you want to do through me. And if you pray a prayer like that with all sincerity, here's what God will do. God will touch your heart. God will cause you with his help to do things that maybe you've never imagined before. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? And Lord, I just pray for all of us because for any of us, it's just so easy. We live in a busy, fast-paced time. So easy at times for our heart to get crowded. It's so easy to become caught up in so many distractions. But God, we don't want to do that. We certainly don't want our heart to, to be hardened over time. We don't want to have a shallow heart. We want to have a heart, God, that when we hear your word or we re read your word, God, we embrace it. And it brings about change in us. And we produce fruit. And we become more and more what you want us to be. And we just grow more and more to be what you intended that we would become. God, I pray for every person watching right now. And if there's any person that is watching that has heart trouble in any way, they would just say, God, take my heart, heal my heart, do something, transform my heart, change my heart, help me to become the person that you want me to be and the person that I actually want to be. We ask you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, whatever you do, don't forget to join us. Next week, we begin a brand new series. And uh, I don't want you to miss it. More than a story. And uh, I look forward to seeing you then. God bless you. I love you so much.